Robert is the hardest working, most easygoing guy I've ever worked with. And you know, I just, I can't, I can't say enough great things about this kid, man. He's just, I haven't made it a goal, but I'd be shocked if I read, ever ran into a person in this city who doesn't like him. Welcome into the Wild Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We've got a special, special guest. The man who runs the show over at Wild Sports. He, he, he makes all of this possible here. He's joining us. It's his first time. He's a big-time listener. And now he's a guest on the podcast, Jeremiah Junkie. Jeremiah, I'll go to you first. How's it going today? It's going good. It took a while. I'm glad to finally be on here. <laughs> we we took long enough. We had to wait to unveil our most special guest, but you know we're here now. We're here now. Robert, how does it feel to have Jeremiah on the pod with us? Oh, it feels good. Give some uh, more better insight than I have to provide here to the people for sure. I don't know. I mean, you're probably you guys are probably better off without me. This might be your least downloaded episode yet. I'm sure the people can't wait to hear what you have to say. I mean, they read you all the time. They listen to you all the time on the radio, but now they can just take you wherever you go on the Wildest Sports Podcast. I mean, it's, it's, it's special right here. This is a special moment, full circle. Well, we're just going to talk sports in general, but I know Robert has been itching to talk about some post-six. So let's, let's start with post-six. You've been covering – Cheyenne Legion baseball for a long time, Jeremiah. Is this one of the most special teams you think they've ever had, or can you remember teams like this? You know, this is a pretty special ball club, I think largely because of what they returned from last year's team, which was particularly special. They lost, uh, you know, a couple of outstanding left-handed pitchers to graduation and Travis Onisto and, and Garrett Oswald. Um, and then they had a couple of players who decided not to return this year uh, that I think are, are going to, you know, were, they, were, they were starters for the most part. Um, you know, Keegan Bartlett in the outfield and, and Fisher Brown at third. Um, but last year's team, I mean, that, that was the hardest schedule I've ever seen a post-16 play. Um, you know, from the, the places they went and the, the events they played in and the teams they saw at those events – you know, that was a rugged schedule for post six. And that's saying something because every year they play an extremely tough schedule. And it kind of goes back to a philosophy former manager tag lane adopted when he, you know, took the reins again in the late nineties was, you know what, we're going to take some losses over the course of the season by playing the toughest schedule we possibly can, because we know that's going to benefit us come postseason time and help us achieve our ultimate goals, which are win a state and regional titles. And, you know, so I mean, they, they were really aggressive about the schedule they played play last year and the number of games and the, and the type of opponents they played. And they set a program record for wins. I think they were 69, 19 and one. And, uh, you know, so it was it was, you know, I was surprised that they kind of struggled at the regional tournament the way they did going one and two. You know, the, the second game was a, or the, their second loss was a one a oh pitchers duel. And, uh, you know, so I mean, it was just kind of a tough luck, luck situation where they 
uh, you know, just still haven't been able to figure out that, that regional. I mean, they've been second at that thing three times now in advanced deep several other years. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, considering what they did last year and who all they have coming back uh, and how those players emerged, you know, I, I'm excited to see what this team can do because last year, you know, I wasn't sure how good that team was going to be. And they, they turned out to be pretty special. So do you think this team could um, overcome that hump and win the regional title? Man, it, it's, it's hard to say because, you know, like I said, I mean, last year's team, you know, despite what they accomplished, they weren't, you know, up and down the roster. They weren't the most talented post six team I've ever seen. You know, I, I think the team that might, uh, you know, take that, you know, have that billing would be maybe that 2011 team that had Brandon Nimmo on it. And you had Jordan Mossy who had signed with Nebraska and Tanner Renner who uh, signed with Southern Illinois. And I'm sure I'm missing other guys. I mean, they had D1 guys on that roster. Every guy up and down the, the batting order had signed to play some form of college baseball. Oh, Cody Farrell too. I mean, he ended up, he was at a Juco in Arizona for a couple of years and then ended up going D1 at uh, UT San Antonio or UT Arlington. Um, you know, so I mean, they've had teams that were far more talented than that team last year was. And they, you know, that, that I think that team went one or two regionals too. The regionals are such a weird thing, uh, you know, because it, it, I don't know. I mean, it just, it kind of depends on what teams, you know, get hot. I mean, the last time post six was second at a regional was 06. And, you know, they, they came out of the gates in that regional in Casper and the Billing Scarlet's pitcher just absolutely shoved it right down their throats and didn't allow them to do much of anything. And they came back and, and battled their way back to the loser's bracket and lost to a very good Lincoln Southwest team that year. And so regionals are just kind of a, a real funny, funny thing for, you know, how you know, talented teams don't always fare well at those events. Yeah, it's kind of hard to predict what teams from around the region, who they're going to have talent-wise as well, especially with the summer and injuries and all of those things that come into play with baseball and it being you know you play so many games in a certain amount of time well are you a baseball guy jeremiah do you like do you like baseball yeah i mean that's just probably you know it was the sport i took to the earliest i was never any good at it i mean i could field it but i would stand in the batter's box and uh just be worried that i would petrify that i was going to get drilled and uh so, but I mean, it's always a sport that I, I love. I mean, my, my brother was an outstanding baseball player and spent a couple of years playing at Western Nebraska before finishing up with UW's club team. And, uh, you know, so it's always, it's always kind of been a sport that's, that's held a special place in my heart. And when I came here, uh, you know, the opportunity to cover post six starting in 03 was you know, something I was really excited about. So who's, who's that guy for you that, you just when you're picturing baseball in your mind and the movies are playing in your head, like who who who's in the box, who's on the mound, who who are your guys growing up in the game of baseball? Oh, Ryan Sandberg was my guy for sure. Uh, loved loved the Cubs because we got him on WGN and Wheatland growing up, and you know, so I mean, I'd, I'd spent so many so many afternoons watching the Cubs, and you know, Nolan Ryan maybe maybe was my other guy. It was a pitcher, even though you know I. I never pitched a, an inning in my life. I pitched a couple of threw to a couple of batters in, in, in practice. And that was enough to, for them to see that they didn't want any part of me doing that during a game. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, those, those were definitely my, you know, my guys, man. And I think, you know, being a, you know, a teen in the nineties, obviously Ken Griffey jr. Was, was huge. I mean, that was, you know, my brother was a big Ken Griffey jr. Fanatic. And I guess I was by proxy. 
you've covered post six almost 20 years. Who's been your favorite uh, sixer to watch? Who? That's a good question. You know, when I got here, I, I think that was Bryce Nimmo's junior summer, maybe. And, man, it was something else watching that guy compete. He was so fast, and, you know, he was such a great hitter and a great pitcher and just a bulldog competitor. Yeah, I mean, he was a lot of fun to watch. And I remember when Brandon uh, first stepped into the post-six lineup, you know, starting as a freshman, I'm thinking to myself, I was like, all right, well, you know, eventually I'm going to end up writing about this guy. But, you know, I'm not going to ever, ever compare him to Bryce because that's unfair. He's probably never going to be as good as Bryce. And lo and behold, uh, you know, he ends up being an Under Armour All-American and a first-round draft pick. But there have been a lot of really, really great uh, guys to cover and, you know, a lot of fun people to work with. Uh, with post six over the years, but man, those, those guys in the Oh, three, Oh, four years, you know, they're, and they're guys that are, they've come back and have been on this coaching staff, you know, Gary Harley and Scotty Payne and, you know, Bryce Nimmo and, um, you know, Jesse Blunt was a catcher on that team. He's a, the, a track coach over at East. And when I mean, there are some guys, uh, that, those Oh, three, Oh, four squads that were a lot of fun to work with and a lot of fun to cover. Shout out Jesse Blunt. That's my guy over there at East Track. East Track coach Jesse Plun. I love that guy. Well, what what are the differences in the coaching style between Tag, who who loves baseball, I know, and then his son Ty, who's the current post six manager? That's I don't know, that's hard to say. You know, I think they, they approach things from a very in a very similar way. Um, you know, and especially like I never got a whole lot of tag mannerisms out of Ty back when he was a player. Um, you know, he was always fun to talk to as a player and always, you know, one of those guys, even in basketball, you know, when there was a draw, I knew I could go to Ty and get a good quote. But, uh, you know, but now that he, since he stepped in there and taken over the reins, uh, you know, starting in the 2016 season, it, it's, it's crazy how similar he sounds to tag in, in the way he talks his inflection, the things he talks about when he talks about baseball and that sort of thing. And it, it doesn't surprise me at all because, you know, that's who he grew up with. And, and so, but that apple far, it didn't fall very far from that tree at all. But, you know, there are some different things that I think that, uh, you know, he, he does, uh, you know, than, than tag, you know, I remember, you know, one of the stories I always tell about tag was my first summer here, you know, they were playing over at a tournament in Laramie and they just absolutely roughed up whoever they were playing. But tag is such a stickler for, you know, the game being played the right way. And these are the, you know, being a smart ball player that, you know, there were some things that happened in that game that he didn't like. And I'm standing there waiting for interviews. It was, I wasn't pushing deadline at all because it was like an early afternoon game. But I'm standing out there talking to the parents and relatives and stuff like that for like 90 minutes while tag talks to his team afterwards about how unhappy he is that they missed this, that, and the other thing. And, it was good because, it, you know, it helped me get to meet all those parents and that sort of thing. It was a good introduction to those folks. But you know, I'm standing there waiting, looking at the clock, like, all right, how much longer do I wait for this guy before I just go back to Cheyenne and write this story without any quotes? But, uh, you know, to the best of my knowledge, Ty hasn't had any of those situations where he's, you know, had 90-minute post-game meetings and that sort of thing. You know, he'll go out and talk to the team in the outfield for a little bit, and then he'll, uh, you know, he's never let made, made me wait for, for too long. Uh, even on some of the games where they've gotten roughed up a little bit, and he's unhappy. You know, he'll he'll talk to him a little bit, let him go, 
let me grab the guys I need as they prep the field. And then he'll talk to them again after they prep the field. So I don't know if any of those 90 minute meetings are going on after field prep, but uh, you know, I, I think they're a little bit different in the, in that way. You mentioned uh, UW having a club team. Um, do you think, do you think it was worth it not having an actual program going away with that? What do you, what do you guys think? I mean, that's tough. I mean, it's as much as I would like to see it. It's tough. Right? It is tough because you know, I remember, you know, I was talking to an advisor uh, when I was up at, uh, you know, doing UW classes through Casper College uh, before I transferred. And that was when my brother was going through his recruiting process. And I was kind of talking to my advisor about that. And she'd been an advisor at UW in the 90s, uh, you know, during the heyday of that program and everything. And she was talking about how, you know, make sure he finds the right place and maybe even looks at a warm weather climate. Because if you go to a cold weather climate, it can be tough because she said those UW guys, you know, they would spend the first six, seven weeks on the road constantly because the, the weather for Laramie just wasn't conducive to playing baseball. So they were constantly going to Arizona and, you know, down South and that sort of thing, playing, playing big stretches of games. Um, you know, and then even, you know, I mean, we've been to UW, like my brother's graduation from UW in 07. Uh, it's, uh, you know, there, you go inside and it's nice in, in mid-May and you come out, it's a stinking blizzard. And I got to go down to Fort Collins through Owl Canyon and come back up here to just cover some soccer matches that afternoon. So the weather just being what it is and being so unpredictable, it makes it tough to have a, a, a legit baseball program. You think the support would be either from the fans and everything? Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Just because of the way that, that, that school, that, that you know, people rally around UW. Did it used to be? Did they used to have a lot of support? I'm not sure. I mean, cause I was, you know, I was in, you know, that was my end of my junior year of high school when they dropped the program in 96 and you know, so I'm not really sure what, what it was like back then. Um, you know, but I, I think that, you know, baseball has grown a lot in this state and especially, you know, this community and in Laramie. And, you know, I, I think there'd be the support there. Yeah. I think, I think it'd be a tough ticket to get if they ever brought it back like that first couple of years. I, I, I think you'd, you'd have to know somebody who yeah. knew somebody to get a ticket. Yeah. That's what I kind of think too. Yeah. It was, it was a big hit at Boise when they brought it back. So, Briefly. For what, 10 games? Briefly. But, like, uh, I, I think that the weather is probably the biggest deterrent. It just, like Jeremiah said, you're going to spend the first two months on the road, and the, the weather is the worst in Laramie in March and April. And the baseball that season says, start, starts about March, right? Well, like, they're starting, like, February. right now. Yeah. Yeah. the uniform start date about 10 or 12 years ago where everybody starts at the same time now because you would have the cold weather schools that would start later so that the weather was more conducive. But then, you know, by the time they started playing, you know, the California, Texas, Arizona, and Southern schools would all have 15, 20 games on them. So they went to a uniform start date, uh, you know, a handful of years ago. Yeah, so you'd start probably the first eight weeks of the season on the road and – I mean, how do you even practice in Laramie when you're in Laramie for a few days? Like, I think, unfortunately, the weather is the, is the thing getting in the way. Now, if they built an indoor facility, who says no? But who has that kind of money? Exactly. You know, you, could, you always get one of those practice bubbles, but then you got to worry about the wind blowing over and having a situation like what happened at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, there you go. The wind. Oh, the wind just getting in the way again. I don't know. 
Would you would you want to be a season ticket holder for the UW baseball team, Robert? Would you make the trek um, over there from Cheyenne? No, but if I lived in Laramie, I certainly would. That'd give you something to do during the summer. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of stuff to do, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I think. Um, I don't know. I think it would probably be affordable. It would probably be pretty awesome. Like from a recruiting standpoint, you just go down. You say, when we finally get to the home games, I guarantee you're going to hit 20 bombs at 7,000 feet. Like, now we may only pay, we only, we may only play 15 home games, but you're going to hit 20 homers in those 15 games. I promise you, son. (laughs) What about on the other side? Would it be hard to recruit pitchers? Yeah, it would be a nightmare. (laughs) It would be a nightmare. You can, You'd have to just be like, hey, man, your ERA, it's, it's going to be non-existent. You have to really rely on those advanced stats to try and pitch scouts for the next level. But, like, hey, you can be a two-way. Look how popular Shohei is, you know? A lot of football scores. A lot of fo- – yeah, yeah. So – Well, you've had, you've had a chance to watch Casper play, right? What's what's the Casper squad looking like this season? I haven't seen them yet this spring. I mean, oh, the, I thought I I thought I um saw some highlights on your Twitter feed. No, just no, not recently. Uh, just soccer. Well, tell 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 us about how good the K Dub soccer team is. K Dub soccer team is incredible. Like I don't know how they do it. They have. Parker O'Neill, who's a sophomore, who is like – he's just spinning kids around. It's constantly the spin cycle over there. And then Hayden Hollinger, he's a senior. He's really good. Caden Allaire, best comment I've gotten from a fan so far this season. I had a guy come up to me at a K-Dub soccer game, and he said, Caden Allaire, he's like General Patton. Now, I was like, wait, what? He's like – I call him General Patton because he's marching out all these orders. He's he's telling everybody where to go. You can hear him. Like, if you're – you guys are relatively familiar with the facilities at Kelly Walsh, the the soccer field's on one end of the school, and then the football, football stadium's over. You can hear him all the way from the football stadium barking out those orders. So, I uh, – Was this just a random guy came up? Yeah. I'd never met this guy before <laughs> in my life, but – he he told me that he introduced himself. He's a nice guy. He's the grandfather of Noah Gay, who's on the Kelly Walsh soccer team. I mean, I'm enjoying the soccer season. It's uh, definitely interesting. The weather, like it was the other day, is really nice when it's warm outside. But uh, we shall see. Well, they, the Trojans handed reigning state champ Jackson their first loss in quite a while, didn't they? I mean, it looked like maybe Jackson was – Going to be the yeah. clear-cut favorite again. They were running rush out over everybody, and then Kelly Walsh beat him, didn't they? Yeah, Kelly Walsh. Jackson came to town. Kelly Walsh put two on him, held Jackson to one, an outright victory. No overtime needed. That was a complicated day for me because I was the Kelly Walsh goal scorer was Jackson Catchpole. He scored two goals. They were playing Jackson, and I was writing scripts for our anchor, Jackson. So trying to keep all those Jacksons in my head, all three different, different people, different things. That was, that was complicated, but yeah, that was an exciting game for sure. That was, 
definitely – I don't even think the guys on the Kelly Walsh team expected that game to go the way that it did. But Kelly Walsh looked clearly better than them. Now they went to Rock Springs and they lost their first game of the season. Rock Springs comes to Casper here in two weeks, so we'll see what happens. But should be interesting. Should be interesting. How, how, how difficult is it for you to video soccer based on just the limited – action that there really is so you are heavily relying on goals you like anything that's not a goal or just like an incredible save is pretty much worthless and it's definitely different than like basketball or football because you have to basically be recording the entire time so you're constant like and and the other thing about soccer that's the worst is that you can't like look down at your phone. You don't have time to change a battery. All these different things that could come up. Like if you look down for a second, God, God knows. And that's when, that's when the goal happens for sure. Every single time I've walked up on three goals so far. this season. Like just like walking up to the game and I'm like, Oh yeah, there's a goal. Sweet. Perfect. Perfect timing, exactly what I needed. But luckily, Kelly Walsh is pretty good. So it's, I think there's only been one game where they've only scored one goal. So that's what I was going to say is you have plenty of opportunities with the Trojans, right? Well, yeah, especially when they're playing NC. No offense to uh, the Mustangs over there, but they're, they're working. They're working their way towards, towards competitiveness. I'll just I'll leave it at that. Well, has Kelly has Natrona been good at soccer in the past? I remember they made the state championship game against Central a handful of years ago. I've been sharing it by a handful of years ago. I mean, it might have been probably about 10 years ago now. I want to say like Cole Montgomery was on those teams, and he was a stud running back. I think he ended up going to play in Shatter, but he was a, he was a tough, tough player for soccer. And, but that central team they played, man, they, they had that that central team, I think, went undefeated and they had them on the ropes that year. Logan Wilson, once upon a time, was apparently a soccer star for the Mustangs. Oh, yeah, back in the elementary days. <laughs> well, I, let's get to know Jeremiah a little bit. I, I've only met Jeremiah a few times here. So, what what are your favorite sports to cover? What, what when it's rolling around to that time of the year, that you're like, yes, finally. Well, definitely football. That's that's my favorite my favorite sport to cover by far. I mean, we used, back in the uh, you know I don't know about five or six years ago, used to take a trip to every four A football school in the state, shoot mug shots, write features, you know, get info and and put together a collection of capsules on them, and that was always a, a, so much fun to do. Even though you know. I'd, I think I the grand total on, you know, just all, with all the trips, I think I ended up spending 24 hours on the road uh, making those trips. But it was, it was just so fun to get out and, and see everybody and talk to everybody. And I just love it because it's an opportunity to, you know, you've got, you've got a whole week before, you know, the game you go cover to just kind of try to figure out what's going to go down and see how it, how it plays out to, uh, you know, compared to what you think it is and just the anticipation and, and the fact that you only, you know, we've only got, nine games a year uh, for foray to cover as opposed to so many games and, you know, meets and that sort of thing for all the other sports. And then baseball is probably a close second um, just because 
I don't know. The summer is nice and, you know, no place I'd rather be in the summer than out at the baseball field. So do you enjoy covering prep football better than when you covered some post games? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, you know, with the post games, man, I always put so much pressure on myself when I was writing those stories just to you know, make sure that I didn't forget anything and that it was up to snuff compared to some of the other writers we had, you know, people I was filling in for and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, with high school, it's more, it's, it's a lot less pressure. Um, you know, state wrestling is probably, you know, a close third uh, in terms of events to cover, man, because it's just, there's so much going on and you know that there's going to be matches of consequence during those games or during those two days. So you know, that's, those are probably my three favorite things to cover. Yeah, state wrestling is pretty awesome. That's where I met Jeremiah for the first time in person once upon a time when they were doing yeah, we state could get, wrestling. If we could get good weather for sure. State softball, I think, would be up there. That was that was fun last year, despite the fact that weather was miserable. It was. Uh, you know, I went, by hand, I went by hand and foot warmers at Sportsman's Warehouse thinking that I gained the system and was I had one up on everybody. And those things never got warm, man. Every 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 inning, I'm sitting there shaking those hand warmers, <laughs> trying to get them warm, and they just never really warmed up. Oh man! And the the finals that final day was so. I mean, it was a long day. There were a lot of games, a lot of games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, three games right there. And you got to, you know, kudos to Campbell County winning three games. You know, t- you know, they're all, you know, basically elimination games. Mm-hmm. Win the state championship on that last day, man. The Campbell's definitely earned that last year. Yeah. You were going and sitting in your car between games, right? I would, yeah. And then go, you know, write, I'd start writing a story and sit in my car between games and turn on the heat. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was cold. It was cold. My hands were frozen. You were up there? Were you up there? Yeah. Okay. To see Central. We were up there, what, the first and last days, right? Yeah. And that last day was brutal because I had Kelly Walsh in the morning against Campbell County and then and then the two Central games. Central just had to win one. It yep. got us out of the cold. But alas, alas, it was good memories, though. Good times at State Softball. Well, what, what do you make of Robert? We'll, we'll put Robert in the spotlight here. What – What's it like working with Robert on a day-to-day basis? I'm glad he's laughing and not rolling his eyes because I figured this was going to be one of those things. Be like, man, I, I got to sit here and listen to him brag about me again because, man, Robert is the, is the hardest working, most easygoing guy I've ever worked with, and you know, I just I can't I can't say enough great things about this kid, man. He's just I I my I've I haven't made it a goal, but I'd be shocked if I read, ever ran into a person in this city who doesn't like him. Everybody I talked to asked me about what it's like working with Robert. And then I talked about it like, oh, yeah, man, Robert's a great guy. And I'm just eventually I'm sure it's going to happen that I run into somebody that doesn't have nice things to say about Robert. But I haven't come across anybody yet. Considering he spent his whole life here, uh, I think that says a lot about him. But, yeah, man, I mean, he's one of the hardest workers I've ever met growing as a writer and just talk to any of my ex-girlfriends. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I guess we should just end it right there. But first, we got to ask the question that we always ask whenever we have somebody new on the pod. Should Jeremiah, as a, as a loyal listener, knows, knows the question. You got a burger in front of you. You put anything on this burger, it's going to be the Jeremiah Junkie Burger. What, what's going on? What's going on in the Jeremiah Junkie Burger? I should have been prepared for this question because this is one of my, my favorite questions all the time. I think you get – 
have gotten some interesting answers. You know, we always talk about Stur- Stu Lerwick and the breakfast burger and Garrett Schlabs with the cheese curds and, and that sort of thing, man. But I actually had a burger for dinner last night when I got back from an assignment out in Burns. And it was just pepper jack cheese, bacon, pickles, ketchup and mayo, lettuce. It was a, it was a, it was a pretty simple burger, but it was darn tasty. Did Liz make it? Yes. I, I had a, I, I told her when I was uh, leaving our photographer's house, and so it was hot and waiting for me when I got home. There you that go. Makes it better, right? Yes, indeed. Why so many cookies? Made with love. That's all you really need, right there. Some homemade cooking. Robert, Robert's the homemade does, chef. Does Emily cook? Uh, cook up a nice burger for you? Oh yeah, incredible burgers incredible i don't know how she does it but she's excellent excellent cook the only time in my entire life that i've enjoyed home cooking is the home cooking that my girlfriend makes really yeah wow some good compliments there (laughs) well we'll end it right there we all got things to do places to be places to see i'm sure everybody who's been listening has enjoyed hearing from jeremiah as well as checking in again with Robert and myself. We'll be back next week. Got a big episode planned going into this UW spring game. Hopefully we can get some time from our man, Josh Chriswell. Appreciate everybody who's been listening to the pod, subscribe to the pod, rating and reviewing the podcast. All that means the world to myself and to Robert. I know Robert, he's got a twinkle in his eye as I say this right now. Shout out to Shakewell for the music. Talk to you soon. Baby